This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and thanks for joining me for the latest episode of the Alpaca Tribe podcast. You might have been asked, or might even have asked the question yourself, how easy is it to keep alpacas? Well, that's a big question, really, but the answers to this are at many different levels. Theoretically, alpacas are easy to keep, but then again, everything has a learning curve, and some bits are steeper than others. If you have had experience of livestock before, some of those principles and techniques will be transferable, but not all. There are also new things to master. If it feels like every day is a fight, that everything to do with them is a challenge, what if it was easy? What would it look like? How would it feel? In this episode, I wanted to talk a bit about alpaca success. Well, perhaps even more correctly, it would be your success. There's no easy, simple solution. Unfortunately, I can't wave a magic wand and I can't give you 10 points to follow that will make all the difference. However, hopefully we can think around some of the issues and some of it will be helpful to produce what you might consider to be alpaca success. The good news is that there is a different way, a different way of thinking, a different way of doing, and a different way of being. It has a lot to do with your expectations. I can't take away that sense of anticipation when you step forward towards your alpaca with intent. Can I do this? Will they stand still? Or behave themselves? Or not spit? Each animal is different. We get to know alpacas in general, and individual alpacas in particular. Experience takes both time and repetition. Just because you have done something once does not make you experienced at doing that thing. So how many repetitions does it take? Enough. And even then, on a particular day, variables start stacking up against you. The weather, how you feel physically emotionally. What else is on your mind? Remembering what happened last time, trying to get it right, or even trying to get it perfect. And then, of course, there's the alpacas. What do they think and feel? Mm. Let's start with your thinking. Be clear. What is it you're trying to do? Say there's a piece of bramble caught in Megan's fleece. I want to remove it and disentangle it to prevent the bramble getting yet more entangled and her being injured by the thorns getting down to her skin. I need to get my thinking clear about the aim and the level of seriousness. It's important, but not life-threatening. Out in the middle of the field, there's too much space. Is it the right time and place to try to do this? If this has happened before and I've been able to resolve the issue, I will feel more comfortable and confident in dealing with it this time. Say, for some reason, I judge that it is more urgent and I have to act now. 
I need to know that it will be more difficult than waiting until feeding time later, when I can easily contain her in the stable, find my gloves, and remove it slowly and carefully so I can avoid both of us getting hurt. It starts with a problem, which I think I'd probably prefer to think of as an issue. It's something that needs to be done. Thinking differently could mean planning and preparing to deal with it later. Doing differently could mean gathering the gloves, maybe some secateurs, and containing the alpaca in a catch pen or field shelter or whatever. Being different could mean not snatching in terms of time or holding the animal steady or in pulling and cutting the bramble free, not rushing it. How do I know the way not to do it? Ha! Because impulsively, I have tried and learned there's a better way. So learn from my mistakes, but also learn from your mistakes. Each failure, you want to call it that, is experience in the bank. Experience of how to think, how to do, how to be. And most everything we do is short of perfect in one way or another. Do the best you can. Good now, better later. Put the experience in the bank, the memory bank. Be kind to yourself and your animals. Build something into the future. Let me ask you this. How do you measure success? What is it? Did you win? Did you learn something? Isn't that success? Good enough is just that. Good enough. But none of us wants to settle there. Success is measured so many ways with our alpacas. Our experience, our enjoyment of keeping them. In breeding and delighting in the new career and watching them grow. If you're involved in showing, then success is in showing up and taking part. Seeing how yours compare with the rest of the class and learning from the judge's assessment. Hopefully, on occasion, winning a place, a ribbon, a sash, whichever. Success can also be in developing our animals over time, whether as happy, healthy alpacas who are delightful field pets or companion animals. Success in training your animals, from moving between fields to halter-trained and good walkers. In all of our thinking about success, we need to use the right measures. Today, this was success. Next week, I might feel it was not as successful because I want to be improving. Measures should take account of time, the steps, and the process of change or the end point. How will you know you have been successful? And what's the right level of expectation? I believe you can do this, and you can be really good at it. The individual steps are not that difficult or complicated. For your alpaca success, what do you need? I suggest it involves three things. Firstly, information. You have to know what to do. Secondly, guidance. You have to know how to do it. Thirdly, practice. You need to have a go. You need to step past the fear. Two provisos there. Firstly, know when you're out of your depth and need input. For example, the vet 
or another experienced owner. And secondly, know when you can't do it on your own. Someone holding, someone peeling off the bramble, simple job. Do it on your own, could be difficult. Though, as I do most things solo, I recognise it might sound like a theoretical perfection that you can have somebody to help you, and you might have to make do. You can develop your strategies for coping, for example, sorting out some hurdles to make yourself a catch pen, giving yourself a fighting chance. Alpacas do not do well on their own. We know that. I think that's also true of alpaca owners. Find your way of connecting with the community, of finding the others. Look for ways to share generously. Initially, it feels one way, but over time, you will definitely have things to share with others, even if it's only encouragement and the occasional second pair of hands. Do show up and do get involved where you can. I'm sure many of us will be familiar with protest marches, with the chanting of, what do we want? When do we want it? So, it's not a protest, it's not a march, but it is a question, what do you want for your alpaca success? And when do you want it? Pick your journey, see the end point, and then plan the first few steps to move from here to there. It's up to you, but you could even start today. I wish you every alpaca success, and I hope that your journey of learning will continue without too many stones in the road, metaphorical or literal. And do let me know if there's anything that would help you as you move forward. Send me an email to steve at alpacatribe.com or leave a voice message using the button on the website. Do you want to finish with some takeaways from today? Number one, changing our thinking, doing and being can make us more successful. Number two, Ask for help when you need it. Number three, pay it forward. Look for someone you could help. Thanks for being here and hope to see you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe. And I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.